Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Don of X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the best books in the X-Men line. But today is part four of the Phoenix Saga. Saga, 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 saga. <laughs> I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by a man who's definitely not on the Epstein list. I- I'm sorry. What the fuck? I said definitely not. I'm definitely not, but why definitely even not. put? I don't want to say my name in I don't proximity know. now just, to that. I'm you letting the listener sh- know that's I'm a gonna, big issue this week. Listen, I have no fucking real idea what the fuck you're talking about. I have no clue what's happening in the world anymore. Um, my name is Josh, and I have no not clue what's list. happening in the world. Um, we're not just talking about. We're talking. This is the best of the X Men right now, man. This is. It's all led here. It's all led it here. Is a lot we're gonna get to today, but before, like everything else in life, what comes before is internet drama. That's some internet drama to talk about. Right now, this week, uh, Fall of X is coming out, so people know when we're recording. But last week, there was a, a info drop from Tom. Tom Brill uh, some Brillo, fucking Dutch Brillopad. Tom Brillopad. No, no, not that one. going to be the new editor of X-Men it's, soon. It's actually really easy to say when you see it, and I just don't have it in front of me right now, yeah. so I have no fucking clue. <clears throat> but he released an, uh, an image saying X-Men, and I think it said from the ashes. That's correct, and yes. people lost their fucking mind. People lost their mind over some goddamn font. Yeah. It, it's incredible. A lot of assumptions because of so, the font. Recall, if you will, um... Not that long ago, when they were hyping other future X-Men, I believe the X-Men we're currently in right now, they used the Age of Apocalypse font. Mm, okay. Do, is, is any Age of Apocalypse shit really happening? I don't know, honestly. I honestly don't know. Maybe Well, Hickman does it really intelligently by just putting a white background and like a word. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, so I think if I'm not mistaken, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, if you know, but I think what they're freaking out with this font is that it's the 90s font. It's the, yes. it's the adjectiveless X-Men of 1991 with Jim Lee. Yeah. And specifically, and, thought, and I will back. say, because I do think, and I don't know, sometime in early 2024, um, Rob Liefeld is writing some miniseries about yeah. the actual X-Men. Like they're actually letting him touch the fucking X-Men. Um so I think that le- I think those two things combined that they're using the 90s font and that Rob Le Liefeld is even touching a fucking X-Men property makes people I think nervous. And I and I don't know what what's going on here. Why are you laughing? My phone rang. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and and like I and I get being nervous about that, right? Because like neither of us are big Liefeld fans. From no, he officially blocked me. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I wonder if he blocked me too because I started talking shit too. No, he did. I, I haven't seen it. See? When when I saw when you because I went I went on and I saw you were talking shit and then I started talking shit. <laughs> and I'm like, let's do do it as a podcast. Talk shit. Let's find out live on air if I'm blocked. <laughs> so you 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 uh go right now like do do the thing i can't Monolo- see it monologue it's... for a moment monologue for a moment. Oh, okay so up. i'll tell you guys what happened with um with rom layfeld uh he's a dumb piece of shit and he was shitting on the current x-men books 
basically saying, hey, here's some good stuff, which is what we're reading, Dark Phoenix Saga. And yes, it's fantastic. But my point was... I'm not blocked. You're not blocked? I'm not blocked. Um, he might have he might have muted you. He did that to me first, and then he just okay. blocked me. So okay. I kept calling him a bitch and a snowflake. Um, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, <laughs> so basically, he was shitting on current stuff and talking about, you know, like every comic book store owner does, bitching about books now and how they've been. There's an agenda. You know, classic no agenda X-Men storylines. And basically, I said, you know, you can promote old books while not shitting on new stuff and it's crazy to think that just because you like this era more there's never been a good book in what 30 plus years between you think every artist and writer has busted their ass to write good material isn't writing it now and that's the only time it was good it's it's so ridiculous and in his initial comment he mentioned like read this stuff not galas and magic and i'm like are you telling me Chris Claremont didn't do ridiculous resurrections and magic. I mean, that was what I started talking when that's when I jumped in. <laughs> Cause like, I, I, I think I like quote tweeted it or whatever it was. It was, I was like the shit you're telling them to go read is the closest we've ever, like this current age that we're in draws directly from Claremont. It almost acts as though the 90s and the early aughts didn't happen. The number of times they reference that compared to the number of times they reference shit from the fucking 70s and 80s. Yeah. Like, okay, so you're like, what? Like, what don't you like? And I think I know the answer. But yeah. like, I think you can't, you can't keep hiding behind. You can't keep saying like, oh, if you don't want that weird queer X-Men stuff, Go read Chris Claremont. Mother, <laughs> everybody was fucking buying Chris Claremont. Like, they were all fucking each other. Well, I think the first point I made was like, everything you say you like about this book would be called woke today. Yeah. Everything. Everything. Like, the women are the most powerful characters and they're constantly saving the men. Wolverine's looked at like a fucking idiot until the Hellfire issue. Like, all of this would be called woke. The leaders yeah, are essentially Storm and Gene. Mm hmm. That's true. Yeah, it, it's it's wild to me that anyone it, that anyone does that shit. Like, um, and especially people in the fucking industry, and especially people getting a fucking opportunity to write the actual characters. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm not worried about that only because no one really realized uh, he's been writing new Deadpool Cable stories, usually in OGNs, but like he's been writing them, but no one talks about it because they suck. Yeah. He wrote he wrote some stuff for like Deadpool stuff that has been published recently too, and I don't care. He can do whatever yeah. he wants with Deadpool one because he fucking created him, and two, I don't give a fuck about him. Yeah, <laughs> so but, I, it doesn't bother me. But when he touches the fucking X Men, like the legit X Men, not Deadpool yeah. again, he's fucking doesn't count. I think um, he confirmed he's not doing any continuity stuff. I don't think like he is separate, either. Yeah. I don't think he that's is either. I, I, it definitely felt like a one off type like set in the past type thing yeah and there were some rumblings that gail simone might be involved with x-men soon and she's I mean, playing coy about it which would be great Whatever. Yeah. if that's true what are you worried about yeah you know what i mean like to get it back to the topic at, and she officially with. follows me which was kind of a nice surprise that was cool and cool when you showed me yeah. that um she's she's one of the best comic book writers and she has been doing it for so fucking long. Yeah, she a was a woman in the industry doing. She it was a woman in the has. industry writing Deadpool, 
and other like big properties like you know what i mean like that's not in the early aughts yeah like that's crazy she's she's the fucking best i i love i love her and if she's writing an x-men book i got no worries about that shit i believe she last thing i remember mutant wise she wrote was a, a domino i think five like a mini of a, yeah. a domino that was pretty that good sounds I familiar. Mm-hmm. and her actually her wonder woman runs getting a new omnibus for anyone interested oh cool yeah, her bird. I mean, obviously, but her birds of prey shit was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. <clears throat> so on to the Phoenix Saga, the ending, mainly the Dark Phoenix Saga. Some stuff I've never read before, and some stuff I have, I just basically forgot. And actually, before we get deep into it, so much of this reminds me of the fact that most people have never read this because so much of the stuff has never been referenced by like people just like in the geek community. Especially stuff in the last issue with the Shi'ar and the and the the uh, Imperial Guard and everything. I, I, and I will say, and we'll and, and boy howdy, will we talk about it? Um, a lot of retcons have happened. <laughs> so like, I don't really know what's real and what's not anymore <laughs> regarding yeah. like this era in the Phoenix. I'll tell you what was retconned uh, when we get there, but like. I'm going to talk about this shit like it's because it, this is the continuity now until fucking X Factor comes around. So, yes. Um, also, I will eventually air some grievances with how people cheat, treat Gene now in this book compared to how other people become the Phoenix and then they get imprisoned. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that soon. Anywho, <laughs> I don't I don't even know who you're talking I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah. And that's 100 percent because no one other than Rachel or Jean should be the Phoenix in my opinion. So like <laughs> the, I like, no, there's no other Phoenix. We'll get there. Anywho, we're going to kick things off with issue 134 of X-Men. Great news, everyone. Scott's not dead. <laughs> Back at the Hellfire Club library, a dazed and shaken Scott gets to his feet as Jason Wingard tells him that Jean Grey belongs to the Hellfire Club body and soul now and forever as the inner circle stands around patting themselves on the back wolverine comes bursting into the room carrying a couple of rent-a-cops with him mastermind tells jean to attack him and she does however jean contains multitudes and at the same time begins breaking free of mastermind's hold while still tossing around Wolverine, she uses her telekinetic powers to free Scott from the power dampener he was trapped in. Scott then starts blasting motherfuckers left and right and frees the rest of the X-Men as well. The X-Men then start getting some revenge. Wolverine gets his revenge on Leland, Colossus starts fighting Donald Pierce, and Storm and Nightcrawler go after a still topless Shaw. During all this fighting, we cut to Avengers Mansion, where Beast is manning the monitors. He receives a distress call that the X-Men are rampaging through the Hellfire Club, but instead of calling those cop bastards the Avengers, he takes off on his own. Back at Hellfire Club, Cyclops is trying to calm the crowd down, but that's when Wolverine's backup plan to have the power go out kicks in. Shaw and Pierce are able to take advantage of the situation, but the same cannot be said for Mastermind. With his psychic control over Jean destroyed, an angry and terrifying Jean stalks him in the darkness. 
She corners him and unleashes the phoenix force on him as he begs for his life. Jean's not having that. But before she takes her final strike, she wants to know how he was able to psychically reach her since he's not a telepath. That's when she learns about a device that Emma Frost made that allowed him to use telepathy. Jean crushes the device in her hand and then reaches into his mind and stretches his consciousness across the entire universe, leaving him catatonic. Cyclops and the rest of the X-Men find Jean and they head back to their jet. Scott knows something's up because Jean isn't letting him into her mind now. Scott's freaking out and trying to get the jet back to New Mexico as quickly as possible, but it's too late. Dark Phoenix emerges and the last thing we see is the X-Men's jet exploding in the sky. Thank you, Michael Winslow. Uh, so, the... <laughs> Okay. Uh, Michael Winslow, the guy who did all the voices from Police Academy. Anyway, oh, shit. Um, oh, shit. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I have a few things to say about this issue that I really, really liked. Uh, another thing is standout moments for my boy Cyclops. All right. Some people probably wouldn't like this scene, but the scene where he berated Colossus, loved it. That was such a leader, kind of like a football coach moment in a good way, in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Of like, you're right. You should have been caught off guard. You could die next time. Get your head right. All right. Fucking go. Like he was leading that fucking team. Yes, 100 percent I'm with you, man. Like yeah. that like, Scott is such a fucking good leader. And it it is really apparent during these, especially in the latter ones in, in the Claremont run. But like that when people get Scott right, it's when he's just that lead like he can't help himself but be a fucking leader yeah i love that and also um my boy sebastian's like "Ooh, we're not winning time to leave time to cut cut bait and get on out of here man he who runs away lives to fight another day or some shit like that uh, the part where henry's like oh i'm pulling him towards me i'm like well then in reverse do it the other way <laughs> that, that was a bit weird that part um but yeah, I like how they were actually beating Sebastian by like, okay, we can't touch him because he can just reverse the energy on us. Like, so gold. So yeah, and Kirk just and fucking Nightcrawler is just gonna do some like uh, circus shit with him and like bounce him around like a ball. Yeah, um, Josh, can you tell me how many pages it took Beast to realize he shouldn't join the Avengers and just go right back to the X Men? How many pages? Yeah, uh, exactly one. It took him one page to go. Fuck this place. I'm going back to my people. <laughs> That's right. Because Beast knows what's a listen. We're going to see the beginnings of Dark Beast at some point during this little stretch here. Um, but Beast is a man of his people. And he like, look at him. He doesn't he doesn't belong with these motherfuckers. <laughs> He'll go back to them eventually. He's been I an know, Avenger but he doesn't belong. Rogue belongs there more than Beast does. Yeah, sometimes. Um also love the part where Gene just like makes his mind go cosmic. Oh my god, it's so like, like one of my one of my notes is simply scary Gene is scary. Yeah. Like, like the I won't way, kill you. I'll just break like, your brain. That that panel where she's like hovering over him and telling him it's too late, your your power is nothing, like the fucking like <laughs> The shadowy oh, eye picture. Oh my god, it's so fucking scary. It's such a scary fucking picture. I think but yeah, it's it's neat when she pulls him across the universe. I think that's pretty yeah. fucking wild shit, man. 
I think the change, if I was reading this back in the day, like the change between this and just like Dark Phoenix would be kind of like jarring. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I mean, how do you think they feel? How do you think the X-Men felt? <laughs> um, but yeah, I do like too that she, as she becomes the Dark Phoenix, she says exactly the same thing she said when she emerged from the from the water as regular Phoenix. But now it's so much fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> She's repeating herself. It's not good. But yeah, those are my my main uh, notes from this issue. But good issue. Yeah, I think it, it's it's fucking. It's a good finale to the Hellfire story. It really is, and it's like setting into that like, oh my god, like our hero is now the villain. Like that's not like a thing that happened a lot in, in comics back in the seventies. Like the oh, good, no, it didn't happen for DC until like green lantern went evil in the eighties. I mean, this might be one of the fucking first times that it happened for Marvel that a good, that a good person like went bad. I don't know. Cause like they didn't fully have Spidey go bad when he did the black suit. And again, that was after this anyway, but yeah, it was after this. Um, yeah, like, honestly, it's hard to think of a time of like a true hero went bad. Like I said, in, in DC, it was a big shock when Hal killed his city by accident and then tried to yeah. resurrect them, and they killed the whole Green Lantern Corps. And that was like late eighties. Yeah, by accident. He killed. Spoil spoilers for <laughs> a forty year old story. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we see like from like just like come you know from like a the psychological standpoint of, of subtext of this of this uh comic series but like we see Jean as she's like keeping scott out like she's dealing with this like darker side of her this other this this what really starts especially in these, this next issue what really starts to feel like a subtext for not just like manic behavior but like addiction in a way too mm. um and, and and again, that might be 100% me because I read this series in like in its entirety for the first time in like my early 20s. And I was like, not in a really healthy place in any stretch of the imagination. So like I really fucking resonated with Gene in this book. Um, so yeah, I, I think as you see, she's keeping Scott out. Like as they run for the jet, as she's like, just literally destroyed a man's brain um she's like literally not letting him in and we we see that a lot more as, as this goes on so i just wanted to kind of mention yeah, that no it's, it's a good on. take because also gene from the beginning of the story to this point wouldn't destroy a man's brain but she definitely does and kind of just moves on i mean yeah no i mean we saw the the building of this when she basically changed um kitty kitty's parents brain you know like their mind when she was like oh yeah everything's fine we want to send our our daughter to your school now like gene did that like as as phoenix but again it you know that was literally like two issues ago so i think the dark phoenix was prevailing yeah all right next up we have issue 135 here we go the blackbird explodes in a flat splash page that reads dark phoenix as the X-Men hurl towards the ground, Nightcrawler takes a moment to lament the loss of yet another aircraft. All the X-Men find ways to land gracefully, except Wolverine, who is yanked up by his undies and flown away by storm. As the X-Men try to regroup, Dark Phoenix descends on them and starts throwing them around like a cat with a mouse. 
just to show off, she turns a whole ass oak tree solid gold and undoes Colossus's mutant power. When she's done beating the shit out of the X-Men, Dark Phoenix says deuces and flies off to space. As Phoenix takes off, we cut to Nick's boyfriend, Sebastian Shaw, cutting a deal with Senator Kelly to restart the Sentinel program. Dark Phoenix's energy is so powerful that everyone from the Fantastic Four to the Silver Surfer feels it and shivers. Charles feels the energy too and knows immediately that it's Gene and that he fucked up. So he demands Angel fly him back to New York. How powerful is this energy, you ask? Powerful enough that as Phoenix flies around in space, she creates a fucking stargate and teleports to a galaxy far, far away. All of this has left her weak, and Phoenix doesn't like to be weak. So naturally, she flies into the nearest sun and consumes its energy. Girl dinner! Phoenix clearly didn't think this one through as the sun explodes and wipes out the entire population of a nearby world. A Shi'ar starship sees this happen and tries to apprehend Phoenix. As you might imagine, that doesn't end well for them. Before they die a fiery and probably pretty painful death, they manage to call Empress Lalandra to warn her and the Shi'ar of the Phoenix. We close back at the mansion, with the X-Men sitting around the kitchen table in shock and horror that their friend and lover betrayed them and, you know, tried to kill them. Scott still has his psychic rapport with Jean and can feel that the Dark Phoenix is coming back to Earth. And she's hungry. All right. Absolutely fantastic issue on so many levels. I realized with older stories like this, how I know I'm really into it is when I'm envisioning it as a movie while I'm reading it, mm. like thinking how cool this would look in live action. Yeah. And this is one of those issues, like the fight with the rain and like throwing the trees and exploding, like you said, like finding ways to land without dying because you just blew up in the air because classic X-Men, something blows up. I love, I truly like, I truly love their falling to their death and fucking Nightcrawler. I'm going to fucking read the line if I can find it. Nightcrawler is like, I can nine another aircraft destroyed. Like, yeah, that's clear about knowing what he's doing. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, just like, yeah, I know, I, I, I know, I'm blowing a lot of planes up, but it's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Also, Sebastian, no one should be surprised by what he does now, because just all the way back then, he's like, as a mutant man, he's just like, hey, want to make more of those sentinels? Just kind of like spite. Yeah, just because he because that's where the money goes and because he's so wealthy and powerful that he knows he can cut deals against his own kind and have it not affect him. Sound yeah. like any politicians we know in the world these days? No, not ringing a bell. At least no one on the ballot. Um so mm. I also love cuz Marvel was always good at this, especially with like their first few big events like Secret Wars or Infinity Gauntlet <clears throat> where something major happens and that next page is like Hey, here's the Avengers. Here's cosmic level people. Here's Doctor Strange. They all sense something. Yeah, like this was a day and age. I mean, this because this was early fucking Marvel, man. There was like, there were no checks and balances. There. <laughs> no. So like, they would just borrow each other's characters and be like, "Here, I'm gonna do some shit now." Like. It's out of control. It was out of control times. And I loved it. I love, like you said, reading these old books and just 
honestly, because predominantly all I ever read growing up was X-Men and Spider-Man and then like some like Teen Titans things here and there and like shit like that. You know what I mean? Like some other shit here and there. But like most of what I fucking know about the Fantastic Four comes from their interactions with Spider-Man and goddamn the X-Men. Yeah. Like I've read maybe a hundred total Fantastic Four issues in my life. You know what I mean? Like... I, I I don't know. Unsurprisingly, about I started reading them pretty consistently when Hickman got involved. You fucking, you love him so much. I do. You want to fucking marry him. You want to fucking marry yeah. him. You love. Him I didn't so even much. know it was him when I was reading it during uh, Dark Rain when Osborne took over the country and shit. You're like, I don't know why, but I have this massive erection while I'm reading this. Oh, because yeah. it's Hickman. Oh, it should make so much makes fucking sense, sense now. now. Makes sense now. <laughs> um, I loved how this whole epic thing. You had galaxy being burned away. All this shit, and the book ends at like. A kitchen sipping coffee like just like oh god that's <sighs> what makes this such a good fucking soap opera though right like it's all and 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 what makes them so relatable like you get this cosmic shit but then you end with a kitchen table moment of like just sitting around because like your friend betrayed you and you're worried about them yeah like, and just like what are we doing? Like, how are we going to handle this? What like, the fuck just happened? Like, none of, like, if you look at, like, they are in shock. Like, she just, I mean, I will argue that she never actually tried to kill them because she just could have killed them at any fucking point. Like, yeah, later in the book, like, they mentioned that. Like, you could have just yeah. done it. Yeah, like, she's goddess, literally like... just <laughs> fucking toying with them. But, like, as far as they knew, she was going to fucking murder them. And yeah. she damn near, like... She didn't actually try to kill any of them except Colossus because <laughs> he was trying to keep a fucking tree from falling on him. So he was like, oh, I'm big, strong Colossus now. And fucking Phoenix is like, no, 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 no. And she undid his power and then turned the tree solid gold. Which, like, let's bring that back with us. First of all, that's now I under when we ask, like... How do they afford all this shit? Well, Gene gave them a solid gold tree at some point. So they're fucking probably selling gold stock or whatever. <laughs> like they um, cut it. Uh, it's only gold plated shit. I know. Could you imagine? Gene! Like, <laughs> Dark Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how you know. But like that legit should have killed him. Yeah, he was sure. a normal person in a whole <laughs> solid gold oak tree a, a, a buff russian man is still a buff russian man all right i mean they I fight argue, bears yeah wolverine tried to get there and, and save them and then they were both under it so this is we're obviously we don't know it yet but obviously we're learning that wolverine has healing factors because he also got crushed under a fucking... i would fucking hope so from some of the stuff he's went through so far in this storyline <laughs> but that's the thing they never say they don't have yeah. that as a thing right now so well, they vaguely said it when when Cyclops was using his beam to slow Wolverine down when he was yeah. falling. It's like, oh, I know he can take it, which is like, why? But also, yeah, you know, he can take it, Scott. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Gene just like classically destroying this whole system and killing his people. Um, it was I, funny. I don't know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but when she goes on trial, I want more answers from you about retcon stuff because I remember during Bendez's run when they had the trial of Jean Grey, when the past Jean Grey had to stand trial for her future self. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, why are we doing this now? <laughs> like, a little late, she are. Yeah, because they don't retcon up to, they only retcon after she dies. 
Yes, that I know about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. They retcon her dying because they retcon. We'll get there. Yeah, um, we'll get there. I will say, speaking of her flying into the universe and destroying an entire fucking um, solar system, um, she the on like page on page three ninety four, she's flying past like the Silver Surfer and everybody. That is such a fucking scary looking image. Like she looks fucking possessed. Yeah. But like, how incredible is her hair? <laughs> like it's just that's it the fucking poopy. cosmic power right there. It's uh, um, very full, very bouncy and full. I mean, she's having the time of her life and her hair has never been better. Um, <laughs> so I do. So going back to my kind of like, again, my and I'm not going to get into any of my shit, but um, my draw to this character. It's just the two of us, man. You can say whatever you want. Just the two of us. <laughs> um, <laughs> the narrator's there. How dare you? <laughs> um disembodied voice yeah we didn't we didn't even first of all two wild tangents about to happen first of all we never said happy new year listeners this is our first episode of 2020 true happy new year happy new year everybody and second the special never, guest michael winslow that's true and then um and then we never let the narrator introduce themselves so why don't we do that and then i'll jump back on my thing not necessary Thought you heard okay, it here first, we first, go folks. we heard it here first um so I will say, like, all right, so we get this this emotional shit from Jean here. She's she's manic, she's lashing out at her friends, she's crazed, and she's like on this like absolute high, and then she comes down and she's like, Oh no, I don't like this. I need I need another fix. And she without thinking of the consequences, you know what I mean? Like she's it's it's just I need this. It's, it's the constant like pleasure zone of an addict not thinking about anything else and she just flies directly into their goddamn son is like oh man put that shit right in my vein yeah and like uh, I, I i've never like yeah i i've always and again i think a lot of it has to do with me but i've always read a lot of a lot into this not just from like a bot like again what they used to call bipolar um uh but also from or split personality is what i meant um but also from like a just like an addiction, like just from like chasing that high and feeling the guilt of it. Like I, I feel like a lot of that is is in here as well. All right. As someone oh, reading it like for the first time, I definitely get the vibe of like addiction, but also like this. Uh, it's hard to like specify because obviously it's a cosmic, you know, alien and all this shit. But like on a real life standpoint, yeah, I can definitely see addiction being a part of it, hurting people you love, wanting to stop, but you can't stop. And people around you don't know how to help you and it gets worse. Also, Beast must be really confused about everything going on right now, right? Well, he hasn't been in the know. Like he didn't get well, He does remember. So in that chunk that we didn't read, you mm. remember, Beast does come back around and hang out for a little bit. Oh, okay. Because remember when we picked back up and like Beast broke into the mansion and Nightcrawler was like, "Oh my God, I thought you were dead." Like they yeah, had all. Oh, like yes, they, yes, okay. So that was like in X Men time, probably like a week ago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, so I won't be like, "Who's this guy? What's happening?" What's yeah. <laughs> so like that was pretty recent for them. So I think that's why like it only takes him a page because he was like, "Yeah, I had a lot of fun when I was with my friends, and if they're in danger, I got to be there." The guy who's usually blue and hairy keeps calling the other blue guy fuzzy. 
Yeah, it's a little it's weird, right? Later it's... in the book, he does that a lot and calls him fussy. I'm just like, is this ironic? It's a, it's both... a little bit like people in fur houses shouldn't be throwing stones. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I'm pretty sure you're fuzzier than him. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So on to the next adventure with issue one thirty six. Phoenix is heading back to Earth as Lalandra and the Imperial Guard watch from a distance. No one has ever seen a being as powerful as Phoenix, and because of that, and probably the genocide, Lalandra decides that Phoenix must be destroyed. Back on Earth, President Jimmy Carter reaches out to the Avengers, but no one is answering. Finally, Jarvis picks up the Zoom call and wonders where Beast went. Well, instead of talking to Jimmy Carter, Beast is back at the X-Men mansion, working on a device to literally scramble Jean's brains. Look, (laughs) clearly Beast has been breaking bad for quite some time. Either way, scrambling her brains is pretty much the only option, so the X-Men go with it. Here's where the Greys fuck up the X-Men for the next 43 years. Phoenix returns to Earth, but the first place she goes isn't the X-Mansion, it's her parents' house. As Phoenix enters, she's taken with memories and feelings of her family and whatever line of demarcation there was between Jean and Phoenix, it starts to get fuzzier. That's where Jean's parents and sister come downstairs to find Jean in full dark Phoenix clothes lurking in the dark. She is clearly struggling free from the dark Phoenix, but she's hurt and scared and can't control her powers. Jean hears all of their thoughts and she can't turn it off. That's when she senses their fear and lashes out. Phoenix turns a houseplant into crystal, and then her dad literally denies that she's his daughter and throws her out of the house. As Jean flies away, hurt and angry, Nightcrawler is able to bamf onto her and get the brain-scrambling thing on her head. She fights back against the X-Men, but clearly the device is weakening her. Finally, Wolverine gets the upper hand and tackles Jean. That's when, for a second... We see Jean again as she tells Wolverine to kill her, to do it quickly before she loses control. But Wolverine hesitates just a bit too long, and Dark Phoenix reemerges and blasts his ass into the sky. She turns her attention to the rest of the X-Men and suspends them in the air. Phoenix now has all the X-Men captive, all but Scott. As Phoenix is slowly killing them, Scott walks up. He's come to talk. He tells Phoenix that she can go ahead and kill him, but she doesn't. Scott's talking to her, trying to reach Jean, trying to remind her of the love they share. Scott is starting to reach her when Jean tells him she's scared by how much she loves the power of the Phoenix, that she can feel it consuming her. Just as Jean is starting to let down her guard, Professor fucking X hits her with a side blast from behind, knocking her out. Obviously, that doesn't last, and Dark Phoenix is back and blasts Charles right out of his chair. Xavier and Phoenix then engage in an epic psychic battle, and Xavier wins. He manages to subdue the Dark Phoenix personality, and Jean has returned. Everyone gathers around, thrilled that their friend has returned, embracing her despite her actions. Even her parents are standing around. But then, in a flash, they all disappear. 
leaving the greys alone. So, yeah, a lot happens. But first question, more important than anything. Um, how long do you think it would take for a man with wings to carry a man with, while well, his legs are flailing? Uh, <laughs> how long do you think it would take to fly from Ireland to New York? Wait, Ireland? Wait, where, 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 they, where were they? Were, they were in Moira, right? Uh, I think they were still in New Mexico. But also, did he fly him or did he take he his said, private jet? He said he flew him. I thought he meant like he was holding him. I like, Angel, how'd you get here? It's like, I flew him. Well, he had, I took it to mean his private jet. Cause at some point he has his own like little jet. At, it's like, far more entertaining to imagine a man's legs flailing in the sky. I'm with you. I, I want it to be that. So let's go with that. <laughs> and like awkwardly carrying with one arm, his like his uh wheelchair. Anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> but like, yeah, what a fucking issue, man. This this shit is so fucking good. <laughs> like, I, so out of everything we've read, the first thing that scared me was Jean just standing in her own living room. That scene actually scared me because it felt weird, like uncomfortable. This like <clears throat> this goddess is standing in the living room with the family just confused. What's up with their daughter? And, and like Jean can't control herself that she's digging deep into their mind. Yeah, she know? like because because the gene is like fighting back against the phoenix the phoenix is still there and like she can't she's using so much energy to hold back the phoenix that she can't help herself but just read everybody's fucking mind so like you said like her parents and sister are there and she can just feel how like you like you said like just standing how terrifying she is standing in the living room they felt that way too but this is gene right now and she is like scared and going to them for help and like using all of her power right now to fight past the Phoenix. And like all they are is afraid of her. Yeah. And when she like starts to get upset about that and, and, you know, has the audacity to give them a, a fucking crystal plant. Um, her dad just like kicks her out. Like you've not my daughter anymore. Don't ever fucking come back. Yeah, and like that, tri- that alone triggers, because what never gets retconned, as far as I know, is the Phoenix Force is drawn to just pure emotion. Like, just it's a it's an empathetic creature that goes toward just pure, deep, raw emotion. And what more than getting thrown out of your parents' house when you're basically looking for help as you are being overtaken by this goddamn cosmic force? And then again, you give them a gorgeous crystal house plan. <laughs> and then they throw you out. And like that's when the Phoenix comes back. And boy, howdy, does she kick their ass again? Also, on in your book, do they spell Avengers wrong? Oh, I didn't on notice. I didn't look page four oh seven. I'm maybe they they he didn't want to get to use it. Yeah. Uh, that's his accent. Oh, that's the accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Jim like Jim. Jarvis. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Oh, that's Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Jimmy Carter. All right, good. That's go back to your peanuts. That's not a great Jimmy Carter impression. <laughs> we'll go hey, with it. Hey, you know what? You know what? I have all the impressions I can't do. I'm okay with saying I can't do a Jimmy Carter. I'm that's okay fine. with saying I'm a 30 something year old black man can't do a Jimmy Carter. You know I what? Never... You want to know why? Because I've never fucking heard Jimmy Carter speak. 
I've heard people talk about him and do impersonations of him. Okay. First of all, never, I wasn't giving you shit about it. Don't no, give no, a no. fuck. So, was it the Dana Carvey do stuff on SNL with him? I think Dana Carvey was, was that was Bush. He was Bush one. one. Right? Yeah, yeah, he was. All right. Anyway, Bush the first, if you will. Yeah. Um, anyway, you got real fucking hot about that. So, yeah, I don't know. You are right now? No, that's fine. You're having, also a dark, like, you're having a dark phoenix moment of your own right now <laughs> i also like that this is kind of the first issue where you see this is all taking a toll on cyclops oh and he's God. like whatever your all your plan is it's not gonna work like i know you're all planning on doing i don't know why the fuck you're all training in the danger room it's not gonna help yeah he's <laughs> he's broken man kind of broke you know what? this is a weird comparison but it reminds me of remember in um batman v superman there's like a whole training montage of ben affleck training to fight superman and you're like yeah. that's all nice and all it's it's superman mm-hmm. <laughs> like hitting a tire with a sledgehammer is not gonna beef you up <laughs> it's not gonna help you beat superman <laughs> yeah so like i get also that like they're just blowing off steam basically yeah and they just they have to do something like they're yeah. they're they're just filled with like restless energy you know what i mean and it really hit home that i never realized until this book how oh yeah wolverine should be way closer with colossus and nightcrawler than like anyone else oh well he came at the same time yeah and he is like he and nightcrawler he especially he and nightcrawler but he and colossus too have really deep friendships like the friendship like there is a lot of like there are a lot of people on the internet who who ship Wolverine and Nightcrawler because of how fucking close they were. Well, I the, remember now it's a lot day. more impactful when Nightcrawler died during Second Coming. Yeah. Did you ever read Second Coming? I forget. I think so. I think like a while back though. Like, yeah, he dies in that. I'm pretty sure it was in front of Wolverine and like he gets like really emotional in yeah, that book. Exactly, yeah. And like, yeah, this adds a lot more context. Like yeah, this is a yeah. guy you've known forever. Yeah, they've you been guys close. came in together yeah. in this group. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of that stuff like I think they've had a couple that, miniseries together too. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to me now it makes a lot more sense if like he cared less about Iceman. You know so, what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um yeah, Speaking so which, where is Iceman? Um during this time, do we know Bobby, where he is? I believe he's on the west i think he's either the west coast avengers or the defenders or just like in school right now i forget now but he's on he's he's on the other side of the country because he's a member of like the original five that never yeah. felt like he grew up the same way yeah he stayed a little young i think he was always the youngest one to begin with yeah so <clears throat> i think that's why it stayed that way fair enough i do like all right so like we have this scene right scott's reaching her we have this incredible love scene the power of love is coming through professor x naturally comes and ruins that shit and then gets into like a side battle with her which is fucking gorgeously drawn yeah really cool um and he even admits at the end of it when he like defeats the phoenix he's like gene let me win like gene helped well she was helping me win yeah yeah yeah. like if she wasn't involved i would have just lost yeah he would he would have died immediately but there's god i want uh, two things i want to say because you and i traditionally don't like scott and gene together yes and i don't because their their relationship and again how could it fucking ever be is never the same after this arc and then even even after they retcon with x-factor 
I, you don't see this fucking level of like just pure melodramatic love. Well, it but makes like, sense though. This person died. He lost this woman. I know twice exactly. Already That's what I'm saying. Book. Yeah, go. Yeah. Like a part of you has to let go eventually. It's never gonna be the same. It's no. <clears throat> I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Like that's, and I and I think that's natural. And I think that's a, a good. I'm not saying like, oh, these writers don't know what they're doing. I think that's like you said. I think that's what will fucking happen. Like that's but just also, the world. Like I agree that their love story in this is really really strong. So I understand good. now a little better why Dude. people never let their relationship go because they read this growing up. Dude, it makes this a lot ne- more sense. So the the next thing I wanted to say, plus what happens at the end of issue, the next issue, like yeah. that shit, like that gets me teary fucking eyed every time. It was, like it was good shit. It was when good, she good comes shit. back after, so like in this issue right now on on page four twenty, which is appropriate. Yeah. Um, she comes back to life because Professor X won, and she says hi, and Scott's like. Hi yourself. That fucking gets me every time, man. Like these two, <laughs> these fucking two. Also, she's butt ass naked right now. I did like that detail. Like, no, no, her clothes yep. burned off, and her dad's like, "Hey, hey, hey, I got a robe for you. Please take that off, honey. Please, thank you." I don't. Yeah, her clothes didn't just burn off, but like, remember, like she was like just like magically, cosmically giving herself clothes at some point. So like, if the Maybe phoenix is any. gone, yeah, <laughs> she never had any on for a while, and just no she's one. She's like, knew. I don't. It's, it's like Mystique. Mystique really doesn't need to wear clothes. She just. Yeah. And Venom. Venom doesn't actually wear clothes. Well, Venom's a special person. <laughs> Eddie Brock usually just has boxers underneath all that stuff and yeah. suit makes the rest. But um, yeah, no, I love the ending. I love how heartbreaking it is because like in this moment, Scott's thinking, I got her back. Everything's they get engaged, good. man. Like, yeah. They because he's thinking all these fucking things and she's still linked to his mind because they share that fucking constant bond with each other. She's like, hey, that sounded a bit like a proposal. You got it, bud. Yeah. Like, that's fucking, like, what a way to get proposed. Like, oh, my God. I fucking love it. These and ones. poor Jean Grey's family, just very confused. I never feel sorry for the Grace. <laughs> Not after what they pulled. The fact that they're trying to get in on that hug after what they just fucking pulled. That's some horse shit. This shit could have been over if, they're, if they just fucking embraced Jean. Listen, she walks in looking like a demon. <laughs> She's your fucking daughter, man. Again, yeah. apply like the attic thing to it. Yes. You know what I mean? Or, or like, and that does mental, happen, even yeah. with the, and it does happen. It one hundred percent happens. Um, with real life addicts, families sometimes have to make a choice of like, we can't help you. And and just to point out how awful the Greys are, the Shi'ar take everybody but the Greys. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we don't want them here. We don't need them. We don't want those motherfuckers. <laughs> But yeah, it's so touching. Like they're all, despite the fact that Jean just tried to murder all of them, <laughs> and and all she just did, the minute they think for a second, they have real no proof that that's Jean. She's back. They just they just go to her, no questions asked. Just this is our friend. That's that's the fucking X Men family, man. Yeah. And what's what's really funny when we get to before we get to the last issue of all this, what's amazing to me is. We're going to get to it next week, but they make these movies and go, okay, we got to get to the Dark Phoenix. People love that story. We got to get to the Dark Phoenix. <clears throat> there is a perfect trilogy within this right here. The beginning, you can summarize the beginning of the Phoenix, how she became and that story. Hellfire is the second movie. Third movie is everything here, which is actually Dark Phoenix. Yeah, 100%. Like, it's there if you just did it. 
Yeah. You imagine you a movie to... ending with the X-Men fighting the Imperial Guard? Like, that would be insane. Do you watch live action? Do you understand that if they did this right, like, okay, take out some of the hokey shit, take out obviously the slave racism stuff. Yeah. Um, but if they did this right, like kept the drama in it, kept the fucking like romance in it, like, holy shit, dude, this would be like the best fucking shit in the world. Like this has everything for everyone. This has yeah. soap opera drama. This has crazy cosmic space fights. This has just regular normal mutant fighting, like action you adventure. You'll get plenty of fucking explosions. Do you want leprechauns, motherfucker? We got <laughs> leprechauns for you. You didn't want them, but you're going to get them. Well, guess what? <laughs> Too fucking bad. Yeah. You get so it's, uh, it's a shame in that aspect. But like, it, it's kind of like when we did the review for Days of Future Past and you realized it's only two issues. The yeah. Dark Phoenix technically is like three issues. The, yes, the dark, the, the quote-unquote Dark Phoenix saga, yeah. Yeah, it's only three issues. I always forget that like, a lot of these older stories, and you go back, oh, Demon in the Bottle wasn't like a giant arc. It was like two issues. Because mm. yeah. well, I read that one before also. It's a good, it's really good. But like, yeah, it's only two issues and like... But again, and I will say comments. though, because again, to compare it to basically the thing that stole from it, but to, to compare it to Teen Titans... Like the Judas contract mm. was, I think, just like one, two, three issues at the most. Yeah. But the the setup, the friendship between oh my god, her name just fucking flew out of my head. Tara. Tara, thank you. Tara and and the X and, and the X Men and the Teen Titans, <laughs> like like that sets up Beast Boy, Starfire, Raven. No. I I got it. I'm, I've been reading a lot. Also, the, I went there because I've been reading a lot of the the new Nightwing and Titan stuff this weekend. Oh, nice. Have you so started uh, Wonder Woman by Tom King? No, I didn't do it. I, it's I, really good. I, I'm I'm trying to winnow down yeah. my DC stuff to only the things that I absolutely know I want to collect, which are just Teen Titan stuff. Get the first issue of Tom King Wonder Woman. I'll check it. Like I'll I'll get the like volume of it when it hits. Like, okay. I, it's, I don't want to. I don't want to. It's like, fantastic. I got too many comics going on over here. I don't need to keep growing <laughs> this shit. That's Nick's pick of the week, everyone. If you're not reading that one, Tom King, Wonder Woman. Very good. That you know, segment I do every episode. Yeah, every episode we do it yeah, every okay. time. All yeah. right, good. Glad we're on the same page. All right, well, we're gonna wrap this up with the special double sized issue of X Men. 137. Also, it's really nice going between these issues and seeing these classic covers in context. Yeah, right? They're like so You've good. seen these covers a million times but never knew the context. It's but really like nice. seeing the original, like it, nothing like the Same with the Days of Future Past, too. Yeah. Like the original is so fucking good. All right. Take it away, narrator. At last, we come to the issue that launched a thousand retcons. This issue is so important that the motherfucking watcher greets us to tell us how goddamn important the events are that we're about to witness because we are about to learn the fate of the phoenix the x-men find themselves beamed aboard an imperial shiar ship surrounded by the imperial guard as you might imagine the x-men have a few questions about what's happening Lucky for them, Lilandra doesn't leave them in suspense. She tells the X-Men that Jean has to die 
She literally just killed 5 billion living beings. The X-Men, even though they're a, a bit horrified by that news, tell Lalandra that they would prefer not to have her die. And that's when Charles, who studied abroad for a semester and suddenly knows a thing or two about the Shi'ar culture, demands a duel of honor to decide Jean's fate. His X-Men versus the Imperial Guard. Unlike Charles, Lalandra isn't a dictator, and she consults the Kree and Skrull before making her decision. They decide, sure, let them fight. We are then treated to some top-notch Chris Claremont work as we visit with each X-Men that evening. We see Jean struggling with the consequences of her actions, Kurt practicing some gymnastics and wrestling with what Jean has done, Wolverine pining for Jean, and Scott struggling with his responsibilities as their leader and his love for Jean. That's when Jean visits Scott wearing her Marvel Girl outfit, and they share a tender moment before battle. The time has come and the X-Men are beamed to the battlefield, which happens to be the blue area of the moon where there's just magically an atmosphere and the ruins of an ancient city. Scott then mobilizes the team and they break into groups. To save some time, every group gets their asses handed to them. After an epic battle between Gladiator and Colossus, all the X-Men have fallen. That is, except for Scott and Jean. They take cover and try to compose themselves. They know they're outnumbered and alone, but as always, they have each other. They take hold of each other's hands and come out, guns blazing against the Imperial Guard. More and more Guard arrive, and in the chaos and destruction, Phoenix remerges and levels the Imperial Guard and everything near her. But even though Jean is using the Phoenix Force, she's still in control. The other X-Men come, too, and head for Scott and Jean. Wolverine does a reverse fastball special and throws Colossus directly at Jean, saying he hesitated once, so Peter has to kill her. But Peter can't, and he pulls away, minimizing the impact to Jean. Jean is slipping, but she's still in control. She runs away from the X-Men, and Scott follows her. She uses telekinesis to freeze him. She pleads with Scott, telling him she's scared and can barely hold back the power. But there's a part of her that doesn't want to hold back. She tells him she can't go on like this, using all of her energy and willpower to hold back the phoenix, to not give in for a second and risk the death and destruction that would bring. And with Scott unable to move, Jean uses her power to quietly activate a nearby weapon. She tells Scott that she loves him and that part of her will always be with him. Then Jean fires the weapon and incinerates herself right in front of Scott, leaving him crumbled on the ground, sobbing into her ashes, alone. Then we close with the Watcher waxing poetic about the human race. And that, dear listener is the end of the phoenix saga oh boy um a lot a lot just happened this is the most famous of the x-men books so right off the bat i have do have a few criticisms actually 
<laughs> it's only a few because I want to do that out. Of the, I want to get it out of the way, and then we go. Let's do it because I'm gonna get like real fucking sappy about goddamn. Scott yeah, no, no, no. So. Very minor criticisms. Um, I could have lived with the Watcher just doing the opening, and that's oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Right. This like, and I, and I will say, anything, anything we don't like in here, I'm gonna say that's Jim Shooter. <laughs> Like the opening with the Watcher, cool, and they've definitely handled it better now. Kind of like the What If show, which is out right now. It's really good. Um, him just kind of hovering, really yeah. ethereal, and just like being godly. <laughs> he does come back in when Wolverine accidentally falls into his house at some point, and then yeah, that was really random. <laughs> that felt stupid as shit. That's my criticism. Yeah, everything else with him felt stupid. Him doing the ending and him doing that middle thing. I didn't like that, to be honest. But the Dang. opening, yeah, you're like, oh, shit, the Watcher's watching. Like, it's a mega event that's going to happen. Like, get ready. You know, you're going to see some crazy shit. And <laughs> when it comes to seeing crazy shit, crazy shit does happen. But I feel like the Watcher wouldn't be here to watch two teams fight on the moon. Nope. he's Essentially. Not, he's not there for that. Well, yes. But, like, essentially, that's what's mainly happening. Yes. Phoenix dies and I was but like that's the what he's there for is, is that's big. the point is that's how important Jean slash the Phoenix is that the watcher has to see her death yeah I guess yeah that's how I've always taken it at least that's how yeah, I know it's fair but like I said that's the main criticism of his whole story is the watcher only needs to be in the beginning yeah, I'm with you. I, at the end, because again, like the end has this like little robot system coming up to him, and he's like, well, "Tell me recorder, about the humans." Yeah, the recorder is a is a type of watcher. If anyone's ever watched um, Agents of Shield, his name was Enoch, and he looked human because they couldn't afford the costume. Um, but that character of the recorder has been around in the comics, and they mm-hmm. basically go like, "Hey, we can't fit the watcher and his giant head in this story. Anyone else we got?" Yeah, we got the recorder from a planet of people that do that. Cool. Like, so there's two races of people that watch and record everything. Yeah. I mean, there's more than one librarian in the world. Uh, that's that's fair. That is fair. Um, cosmic beings. <laughs> now you say that. I know all all these librarians ever do is wah wah wah. We don't get respect. We don't get respect. And now say we're not cosmic beings. <laughs> Um, I also love how Gladiator. I mean, we've always known this, but I love how Gladiator is just Superman. One hundred percent, he's just Superman. That's and so, bef- before we get too far from yes. the narrator, um, I when I neglected a very important scene um, when I was going when when the narrator was going over um, all the X Men taking that moment to themselves between the battle to like reflect on what the hell they just learned about Jean. Um, Storm has this moment where she's saying, like, I left my home in Africa where I was a goddess, where I took a vow to never take another life, and life is sacred to me, but the X-Men has become a family, and because I know it's Jean and she's there, I'm going to fight for her, even though everything she just did and everything the Phoenix stands for is against what I stand for. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah, that, there it's a really powerful like, moment between those two. Yeah. But there's a part later, I think when she was in her bedroom, I was like, is she admitting that she is in love with Jean? I, hey, there have been a lot of, there's been a lot of speculation in the world. 
in that particular scene, I was like, is she trying to articulate that she's in love and not just like I don't hate she's it. a sister, but then she'd be like, love. <laughs> I I don't hate it. I I wouldn't mind living in a world where where Storm and Jean were 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 an item. It's very, but it, it's it's scary. It's very like Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, like mega it's, powers. You mega powers. I mean, like, I don't imagine. know if the world could handle that. Like two queens, Krakoa would still be standing. World. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, yeah, it would be a lot. I also love the splash page of when they're like just appear in the middle of the Shiar thing. I'm yeah. just like, what? We are not ready for this. We no. just got out of that. Like we're not ready for yeah. this. Like oh wait, we're on the moon. And also, this is this is where later during speaking of Krakoa, this is where the Summers live. They live. Yeah. They they made their little house thingy right there, <laughs> right where. Jean As the narrator died. just told me, so fucked up. <laughs> right. They they are so fucked up. They're they taking have... it back. It's fine. But that's how fucking traumatized they are. That the thing that they feel closest—it's not, it's not healthy. It isn't. <laughs> they, nothing about these fuckers is healthy, and I and I love it because uh, nothing also, about us is healthy. Yeah, uh, we also get classic uh, Harry naked Wolverine. Oh, he is fucking yep. butt naked. Um, I'm assuming Beast hooked up with that lady. Yeah, Beast. Beast gets around. Yeah, he gets around. Um. I do love the scene between Scott and Jean when she's wearing the old costume. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm uh, feeling nostalgic because I'm going to die. Basically, she's telling him, like, I'm going to die. I don't want to wear this costume. The, hey, maybe the, that's why she wore it at the beginning. I of think the that I think that is what kind of we settled on, that she was, like, just going back to, like, the last thing that was truly hers and not intermingled with the thing. Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, like, the whole prep and waiting in the room also felt weird because it's like, all right, we're gonna do a tournament tomorrow. Everyone get to your separate rooms. Like, I know. Go get some rest. Yeah, tomorrow you die. <laughs> yeah. Like, and yeah, Leandra going to uh, the Kree and the scrolls, just being like, "Hey, is it cool if I do this?" Yeah, sure, whatever. We're gonna. Yeah, they're one hundred percent like, yeah, that's fine. It might be an. Like, they agreed probably. immediately. <laughs> yeah, but they did say like, make sure the motherfuckers die. <laughs> yeah, like we're gonna do some scroll stuff. It's fine. We're gonna make sure they lose. Um. It's kind of funny. I like most of the fights. Some of them are kind of like, eh, all right. Like, this guy's made out of liquid and another small guy jumped out. All right, cool, yep. I guess. Cool. Like, I know of the Imperial Guard a little bit from other books and other contexts, like Smasher and Gladiator. Well, ain't you stuff. fucking fancy. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, and on paper, when you look at the Imperial Guard at any generation, I'm like, yeah, they can beat the X-Men. They're oh, made to guard the queen of an empire and like gladiators kind of a dick oh he's, he's the worst. really yeah he's really hard to get to like i think they only beat him one time because his power is based off his own confidence and belief in himself yeah mm-hmm. so like i think they had to like make him doubt himself yeah i remember that was recently yeah yeah, yeah I... like that yeah but he also sends his son to live with the x-men because he's like you guys can teach him how to be a better person yeah, I mean, he respects the X Men. He <laughs> just has thing. to—he respects them. He just has to kick their ass. Like yeah, I love, during, well, I love that. What? Good. It was during Wolverine and the X Men. Mm. Uh, Gladiator's like, oh, Wolverine, you're making a new school from and Gene. I've all people in Gene Gray's honor. And he's like, yeah. yeah. He's like, here's my son. He's a little prick. <laughs> you're gonna kind of straighten him out. And yeah, yeah that's, it kind of worked. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but like the scene you're talking about, but 
or leading up to like the fight between Colossus and and Gladiator and the fucking Claremont narration about the Titans Two going men to of war. Steel. Yeah, and like and then as Gladiator emerges from the rubble, first of all, the like the the homage to that goddamn Spider Man fucking famous panel of him coming mm. out of the rubble. Um but oh it's such a full a fucking cool scene and then it's followed immediately by Charles being like Oh man, I really fucked up. <laughs> My guys are not doing great. Oh, I thought I trained them better than this. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Uh, I really hope there's a secret laser I can just kill her and get it over with. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll telepathically. Maybe I'll telepathically let her know where it is. Yeah, and like Scott, kind of just like not just in survival mode, he kind of just comes off as like, "Hey man, I'm ready to die with you." Like, I get it. What, what you did was fucked, but, like, it wasn't you, obviously. And we're probably going to die together. I'm cool with that. And I liked how he asked the other ones, like, hey, you don't have to come here. Like, listen, man, we already talked. Trust me. We talked about this. We gave ourselves options. We're going to fight. Whatever. What we yeah, do. because they're because fa- it goes back to what Storm was saying. They're a fucking family. But I, I love the part where Wolverine's like, because it doesn't fully make sense of like we're doing a fastball special with no gravity, so you better get her. And I'm like, well, if there's no gravity, the force of the fastball doesn't. Anyway, um, but I did like how he's like, you have one shot, fucking knock her head off. Yeah, like that's interesting. I almost felt like Wolverine was like passing the burden on because oh, one hundred percent he was right. One hundred percent he was like. Yeah, I don't actually want to be the one who does this. Yeah, and like I'm gonna do a fastball special with you. Uh, why would I just do it with you and your knives? All right, so get ready, knock her head off, and like even Colossus was just like, "How would you put me in this situation?" I know. (laughs) What is wrong with you? And even she admits, like, you would have knocked my head off if you tried. (laughs) I just killed that poor Moira's son. Like, come on, man. You know I'm going through a lot right now. Yeah, it was a huge past the buck moment. One hundred percent. Um, but yeah, you know, transporting to that spot and having the laser killer, and just have, having to look at her ashes, and that's it. And looked like he just passes out after that. Dude, the the fucking scene, like when Scott and Jean are like in that little enclave that like she like hides them in as like guards go by, and they they basically are like, "Hey, I love you. I love you too." let's let's go fucking fight like it's so fucking scott and gene basically like scott is just, last and like, it's ironically. like but of course they're like yeah let's go fight fighting is what we do <laughs> but it like, becomes more insulting when in the first movie adaptation they kill cyclops in the first 10 minutes <laughs> it's such a fucking piece of shit yeah. but oh my god the fucking scene where she just holds scott still and is like telling him all this shit. Like I'm here. I can't do this. I can't fucking go on like this. And she fucking incinerates her. <laughs> <laughs> fucking this fucking drama bitch. <laughs> fucking incinerates herself in front of the man she claims to love. So more trauma for fucking Scott Summers here. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's um. I feel for my one of my favorite X-Men characters ever. I feel for him even more. Um now while I was mentioning before about retcons and stuff in the in the future, 
when the Phoenix Five do everything in Avengers versus X Men, um, they want to put Cyclops in jail. They don't give him a pass. Wolverine's like, no, motherfuckers, you did that. I'm sorry. You all forgave Gene immediately and understood the situation. And then Cyclops killed Xavier at the time, and it's like, no coming back for you, bub. I'm just like, what? Well, he should try to be a sexy redhead. Maybe that... He should try that, because they also forgave everyone else from the Phoenix Five. Mm. Yeah. Like, other than Namor, they forgave Emma, uh, Colossus, and Magic pretty fast. But they kept Namor, and... Well, Namor just didn't care what you care about anyway. But, like, Cyclops is like, you murderer. It's like, he had the entire... He is a non-telepathic person with the entire phoenix inside him and none of you forgive him and they fucking kept that from avengers x-men until the krakoa era started it's they kept that shit it's incredibly stupid yeah um real quick in the next issue that we're not covering is basically like you said a recap issue yeah but the ending is really sweet when cyclops is like hey i'm out of here man like i'm done and then and fucking Xavier has the gall to be like, I'm so proud of you, like my own son. Oh, I know. Yes, thank you, because that is like literally the only thing I wanted to talk about that last issue. Yeah. But yeah, like, it, and and I think we mentioned this at some point, but like that was always Claremont's intention is that X-Men would retire. They would, they would get, they would grow old. They would grow up. They would do something else. They would retire. And he goes on, to write a really good retirement. I mean, Scott gets pulled back in, I think, in about 15 issues. But, like, he's retired, and he like he, he's not the leader of the X-Men anymore. And then when he comes back, the, like, fucking dynamic between him and Storm. Like, it's great shit, man. It's, it's really also, good. Also, I'm sorry. In the next issue, page 476, does Kitty's shirt say bitch on it? Yes. Okay. So it is kind of nice that this book the story as a whole ends with Cyclops leaving, Jean's dead, but then here's that girl you here's met Kitty. before. Here's Kitty. Yeah. New story. And I guess, isn't Days of Future Past right after? It's shortly after, yeah. Yeah, because I remember Kitty was still new when that happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's hey, that's a good run right there. <laughs> I mean, and it doesn't stop there. Yeah, exactly. It just gets crazier. But yeah, I think that for the last like deluxe issue... It didn't go in the directions I thought it would go. I remembered like bits and pieces of it, but I thought it was like kind of laid out differently. So it's really yeah. cool that this whole Dark Phoenix saga kind of doesn't end with the Dark Phoenix. No, it, it ends with not. the team being a team. Yeah, and kind of crescendos with like we were a team defending each other to we are a family dying, choosing to die together. It yeah, it really establishes the X Men as a family at that point moving forward for sure because like. Even those early issues, you know, they like they were a team. They were always yeah. a team. And now, like you said, I mean, how could you not be? <laughs> You've already been through eight explosions together. Like how many hovercrafts need to explode a- a- around you before you're just like, I love you like a brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, And as someone who has read this whole thing for the first time, guess what? What's up? Eight X's. Eight X's. I didn't, We're breaking I didn't our scale. Breaking our scale by three. Yep. Right? Because then we do we do five right before? We do five, yeah. Well, if we're allowed to break the scale, then I think you know where I'm going. Yeah. And and it, and it's not to outdo you. It's just because yeah. of the impact this this has on me. But it's it's ten fucking X's. It's, I saved it for you, my friend. Yeah. It's it's just, it, this is so 
fucking phenomenal. And I know it's cliche and everyone thinks, oh, the it's whatever at this point. No one, no one has the same reverence for it that like they used to. And I think you, I think you undersell it when you just do the quote unquote Dark Phoenix saga. Yeah. And I think we'll see when we, are we still planning on doing the cartoon? I've been debating to be honest. I was thinking maybe yeah. we'll end up recover, redoing and reviewing the same thing again. I was thinking of just doing our big announcements and the movies next week and then the recap episode. I'm good with that. That sounds you fair. good with that. Yeah. All right. You heard it here first, folks. That is our plan. Next episode, we will be doing the two movies and we have a lot of announcements for the future of this podcast, how it's going to change, what's going to stay the same. And then we're going to have a big recap of everything we've missed leading up to the current fall of X-Men issue one. And then we'll be back on track. Hopefully. I guess, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See how easy it is to recap. Oh my god, dude! There's so we're so far behind, man. That's why I don't want to wait another two weeks for the <laughs> animated episodes. And I, I, and again, I think we'll be retreading old ground if we do it so close together. Yeah, we will be. Because the cartoon they do, I've been watching a little bit more lately, and they do like go around the stuff that's overcomplicated really well. Yeah, I tell the main points of the story. But I still mm-hmm. think we'll be covering the same things. I think so, but from yeah. from what I, because I like read descriptions of the show. I, I didn't read, but like, I was like, yeah, they did do a good job, didn't they? They really did, yeah, because they did because they gave themselves like five, ten to like twelve right? episodes to tell it. Yeah, not you know a two hour movie. Uh, but we'll be talking about that in detail next week, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you for joining us on this great adventure of the Phoenix Saga. I hope we expanded your history of X-Men with this series. And I hope you can laugh with us when we talk about the two shitty movies. Oh, my Lord. I can't wait. Actually, especially after watch... reading this. And yes. then oh. That's the thing. I think I'm excited, more excited to go back to the last Phoenix movie because in retrospect, they did do stuff from this book. They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I have some behind the scenes information that people don't know about how the third act was dramatically changed. Oh, you got where'd you you get you got sources? No, just stuff I remember reading online. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. right. that's been that's kind of confirmed by Claremont actually, confirmed by Claremont. Oh, about the original third act of the movie and how it was supposed to be a two parter movie, oh, which would made that. a lot more sense. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. sounds familiar. I mean, yeah, I got inside scoops. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, not just you know, Twitter. No. Um, but again, thank you guys so much. And speaking of Twitter, Josh, where can they find you? Oh, shit. Tell them where they can find you. I forgot my handle. <laughs> well, you can find me uh, attacking bigoted comic book writers at Madman3005. And I'm back at Xbrarian. That's librarian <laughs> with an X. Also attacking bigoted comic book writers. Also pretty much doing the same thing. Yeah, or jumping into people's X Men comments and putting a picture of our podcast so everyone knows. Why don't you? Why are you putting? I just noticed that, and I wanted to say something to you. Put a fucking link. Don't put a fucking picture because the picture has the R, the has the QR code. They're not gonna. They're not gonna do anything with that on their phone where they're looking at. That's fair. It's the names right there. They can look it up. I, I I'm with you on that. They can look it up, but no yeah. one's going to do do a little do a little work. Whatever. Anyway, honestly, guys. if you honestly, if you put a link there, it'd probably get like whatever algorithm takes it away or whatever. Yeah, now they don't let you do links anymore, right? I mean, I've, I've been posting links. I just yeah. think they don't. I think they squish it down in the like the from you section. 
or like yeah, for so you. Pictures get honestly, pictures get more attention anyway. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Nick's right again. That's the best way to end the podcast. Thank I mean, you guys so much for yeah. listening. Thank you to our wonderful narrator for doing this series because she is absolutely amazing. Truly. Happy New Year, everyone. It's a new year. We're going to have a lot of promises that we're not going to keep. We're going right. to try. And that's what's important. Trying every year, every day, trying your best. That's what X-Men's all about. Not perfection. Trying. Beautiful. Actually, real quick before we leave, Josh, what are you trying this year? I'm not doing this. Oh, actually, no, I am ready for this. I am it I am gonna try. This has inspired me to reread the Claremont run. So I was thinking that too. I have already begun. I forget what issue number I'm on right now, but my goal is to try to read the entirety of the Claremont run of just uncanny, not fucking new mutants and Excalibur and stuff, just just uncanny. Um from basically where we're, where we're at now to 1991 is there but because i know everything got complicated more when he did the uh um, oh we didn't even talk about Lee. the fucking red cones. we didn't you know what next episode it's fine we'll, we'll mention put it, it in next week. we'll put it in next week it's fine it's it would this was too dramatic not to like just stay on topic yeah exactly <laughs> and my news resolution is to put out even more episodes and get our name out there even more and to do that guys I need you to do okay. what? To grab your friend, to viciously and violently shake them and tell them to do the same to other people. I need an epidemic of people being shooken by other people while they're saying, watch and listen to the Dawn of X podcast. And they just violently shake you, you know, shoving a little bit. Nothing more, nothing more than that. Just shaking and a little bit of shoving to get their attention. And when they ever have like an instance of like, what's happening? Earthquake. Oh, I need to go listen to the Dominic's podcast. So I need your help, listeners. You can or can't. You don't have to. We're not saying you have to. This is your personal choice. Go out there, find a friend you think might give a shit, shake them a little bit, and say, "Listen to the Donovex podcast." Bye, Nick and Josh. The best. Um, Nick and is. We will right. see you. Nick is right. You don't have to shove anyone or grab or do any of that. It's your personal choice. But if you do it, Nick will not help you in any way. You will go to jail. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's on you. Nick will not be there for you. So keep that in mind when you make your decision, listener. Now, please. Keep that in mind. And while you do it, we will see. The the URL is in my name, okay? So I'm liable for this shit. So Even better. Guys, do do it in his name. That's That's why I'm putting this disclaimer in there. Just say Josh that sent you, and we will see. <laughs> For anyone attacking anyone. Until then, we will see you next time.